Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, I'm JT and welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. Um, my co-host Leanne Whippen is out on assignment, but Dave and Chris are milling around somewhere. <clears throat> We'd like to thank the good folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. We're going to talk about that a little bit throughout the show, as you'll find out. But they also have a special for Barbecue Nation listeners, and we'll talk about that in the next segment coming up. But today... We welcome back our friend, uh, Will Homer, who's the COO of Painted Hills Natural Beef. And uh, got uh, probably a few things to say about the beef business and what you're seeing at the grocery store. Hey, bud, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, no problem. So what the hell is going on at the grocery store? I, I think that things are just sound. I think that the market is uh strong the the beef case is selling lots of beef and and the price is uh re is reflecting that so there's um it seems a little high i know but i think it's just a step in the world of food and and you know a, a, i'm going to use too many big words i don't even know you know <laughs> but i think it's just it's it's strong it's right where it should be it's um so are the cattle it, cattle um, producers making any money? No, 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 not yet. We're we are on the ground, you know, on the hoof, um, especially here. My God, I should be videoing from outside, except it's too cold. You know, uh, it's snowy. It's still snowy and it's April. It's supposed to be green grass and cows are supposed to have uh, we're supposed to brand calves and have them gone by now. And they are still at the hay truck every morning because it is snowy. So how that reflects into the the producer from last year, the guy who had a calf on the ground last year, and now uh, uh, that calf is in the feed yard getting fat and growing so we can have uh, ribs and and strip loin steaks for, for uh, Memorial Weekend and such. Those cattle are cold too. And uh, in fact, I got a call from uh, my... Um, my feed yard guy yesterday in Hermiston, there was a covering of snow in Hermiston, Oregon. Now, Hermiston's a desert. Yep. <laughs> Hermiston should have knee-high crops by now, and it is still cold. So we are we are cold everywhere. Well, I was I was doing a little research before we did this show, and uh <clears throat> One of the questions that was answered, it says, what does the cattle market look like for 2023? And it says, <clears throat> excuse me, a higher forecast for slaughter more than offsets the decline in expected dress weights, resulting in a projected beef produ production being raised 165 million pounds 
the 26.7 billion pounds total. Uh, Fed cattle prices in 223 are raised to a 16200 weight. That's a CWT on yeah. firm demand. Are, is that happening? Yes, it is. But so, so what I didn't finish with, I kind of, I'm good at, I'm good at telling half a story and it's not you. It's always me. I always tell half a story, never finishes that cold and that performance in the feed yard means that those cattle cost more and it costs the guy who owns them, who's feeding them more feed. They perform slower. It just takes them longer to get there. So, so yes, the, 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 what they call the live price for cattle right now, right. as a matter of fact, has skyrocketed in the last two weeks. We went from, we got a little break three weeks ago, 162 was the price, right. just by chance. And uh, last week it went to 167.68 and it usually trades near the end of the week. And so um, we're going to see, you know, they're all waiting for the trade today. There were some offers on the board today for 170 and the feed yards didn't take it. So they think it's going to break 170 today. Now, back in 2014 and 15, it did this. It ran off and went crazy. And uh, if you remember, the PED virus in pigs created a shortage in hogs. And there was a shortage in cattle due to the to the droughts of 2010, 11, 12 in Texas. And at that time, corn was $3 a, a bushel. And in feeding the cattle, you know, it was profitable. $1.70 cattle made a cattle producer a ton of money. They did well that in that yeah. time frame. Today, in comparison, where there's a $1.70 cattle, you should be going, man, oh boy, they're making all kinds of money. The corn is six to seven dollars a bushel, and it is consuming all the extra dollars between the cold and the more that we have to feed cattle. And the cost of our feeds and and all those energies and things that we all talk about every day, sure, it's eating up all the profits. So so the cattleman is not yet uh, going to town to buy a pickup. He's not yet dancing on the ceiling. He's not yet enticed to hold on to heifers and grow the herd. He is just still hanging on. So she, it, I should say she is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is. What we saw like last summer, the end of last summer going into fall where there was a drought in big areas of the country, uh, a lot of the cow-calf guys sold them off, you know, yep. uh, took them to market, whatever. Yeah. Yep. But when is that kind of decline in production going to cross with the price? It is it is started now, and that's why we're starting to see the dollar sixty that we're seeing today. Um, if if you saw a if you could find a chart of the live cattle pricing, you would see that it had it always has a cyclical pattern. It has a high when the cattle are short in supply, which is typically right now, March April. Right. It has a low when there's lots of cattle in July August. June, July, August, and then it has a high again in December. And and what it does, a big, big cycle. And in, in our industry, we just kind of ride right in the middle. So we really take a beating when it's high and we kind of put money, make hay while sun shines when it's low. And last year in 2022, it did not do that for us. In 2022, it began to recover. 2021 uh, was good, but 2022, it began to recover. Um, from having too many cattle 
because of the COVID crash, crash and chaos. Right. And, and so it started a March upwards. That price started a March upwards. And, and I believe in the beginning of the year, it was in the dollar 30 range. Okay. So we're talking about 1400 pound animal and $30 difference, a hundred. So for almost $400, right? $400 right. in chain difference. And so uh, that price started a March and it marched right up into October. And in October, it started to run. And so the price went from down in the 20s and 30s to, I believe, October 1st, it was like $1.44. And uh, since that time, what I tell you today, <laughs> yesterday, it was uh, last week it was $1.70, which is $0.30 cents in less than a year. It's been on a pretty crazy march. And and you want to remember that even though we're talking about $400 on a 1,400 pound steer, we only come to market with 450 to 500 pounds of beef. So the rest of it all has a trade. It has a value, thank God. And, and there's a big industry that trades that. I don't have anything to do with any of that. But all I can come to market with is about 450 pounds of beef that I got to make up those those differences and those changes in. So, so yeah, that secondary market crazy. is like bones and tallow and all that yeah. stuff that goes into your tires and what have you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the tallow right now, there's a huge tallow has good strength, better value than it's had in a long time. And they're purifying it and uh, they're putting it in jet fuel. So in when the fuel industry goes up, it helps the tallow. Fuel goes down, help hurts the tallow. But the tallow industry, tallow has gone into basically a biofuel. You know, we used mm -hmm. to collect the fry and fry grease out behind the, yeah. the barbecue, the, <laughs> out behind the Chinese restaurant. And now yeah. they take the tallow. So, wow. What about um, as you, you know, you're talking about, tallow and 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 the, the the ancillary products not the burgers and steaks and stuff that are going into yeah. the counter but is that secondary market having a big enough effect now to help stabilize for the for the producers meaning that you just said you know you got a 1400 pound steer and maybe you get 480 pounds i just picked that number because it's on the board behind you there <laughs> uh, but maybe that's the meat that actually can go to market. So you, you've got all the innards and stuff, which you can't yep. really use, but yep. then you, you've got the organs. That's kind of a secondary market for, oh, yeah. you know, like that. Yeah. Then when you got the bones and the tallow and all that, is that enough to help offset a little bit? Of well, it the, help, all of it helps. You yeah. absolutely all of it helps. And, and it is all worth more than it was yesterday, so to speak. You know, right. It has gained value. Um, even um, you might say almost 50 bucks a head is a huge number in addition from those uh, what they call drop items or off all items that you get the first day you harvest an animal. Um, that's a huge number, 50 bucks a head. But it's not, you know, three, four hundred difference that we've seen. Right. A short period of time. But do the ranchers do the producer? I'm sorry to mean interrupt you, Will, but do the producers. Get a piece of that. Nothing stays together as far as the rancher because the industry is so big. Yeah. Um, you could just say that all the pieces come back together in the eyes of the packer. All the pieces come back together. And if they're in a profitable position or they just need to fill contracts, they will bid more for cattle. The higher you bid for cattle, the better the grower will do, which is the producer. So. Right. 
it there's kind of this bottleneck of positioning there's no real accountability says you shall get more because i got more but um but it, it, i mean it all comes back together it, you have to put it all back together and if if they're all profitable and they're all competing for a short supply of cattle they will bid the price up we're going to be back with will homer coo of painted hills natural beef here on barbecue nation right after this stay with us Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation on USA Radio Networks and you know, I have to tell you something. We tried to figure out last night how many platforms we're on as far as the podcast version of the show. We we couldn't do it. <clears throat> when I was when I was talking to my producer Dave, he said, "Well, you like you always say in the shows, there's four thousand of them out there or something." So wow, it just it, it's kind of like anything else. It just grows and grows, and new platforms get developed every day, and some of them are in the beta test, and some of them are full-blown ready to go and and uh we just can't keep track of it anyway uh if you want to email us just go to barbecuenationjt.com there's a contact uh little form there and uh you never know we might answer in fact one of our listeners in central oregon fred i won't give away fred's last name uh sent me a note over the weekend and yes fred it is true uh, we are working on getting Leanne up here to home base for a while uh, later this summer, probably do something over there at Painted Hills with her. And then we will also do a cooking class while we're filming some stuff here in Portland. So that's all I can really say at this point, but um, it'll be fun. Whatever we do, nice. it will be fun, especially if Will's around because – Will can pick <laughs> Will can pick up Leanne like in his just his right hand. She's not, she's not very big. Anyway, back to uh, back to the cattle business. Um, are we still online though for being a million head short, or is that kind yes. of dwindled a little bit? Yes. No, we're going to be short. We're going to be we're going to be shorter than we've been um we're starting the downward cycle of our supply and so that's why the numbers are getting bigger like they have and and um my costs my costs are higher right when i right. have to give based on those dollar 70s and and um so yeah we're in the first turn of that and everyone not everyone but there's a lot of people in our side that we listen to that are waiting to see the heifer retention and the regrowth and the rebuilding and I'm going to tell you, it's not happening until we start to see some green grass and the weather warm up and and some things change. And it, it's still dry in Kansas and Oklahoma. It's still yeah. a red spot on the on the drought monitor. Not that way in California now. No, you know, that's <laughs> crazy. You're right. The, the drought monitor had. California blood red and it's all gone, totally gone. Well, yeah. Oregon 
it, that red came all the way up into Oregon and all the way to us at one point in time. And then last spring, we got some nice rains. Well, somehow, uh, Crook County is still blood red in the state of Oregon. I don't know how it's everything's missed them. We're still in a drought here. I mean, we could still rains and an hour later, you can still kick up dust. But uh, Crook County is like it's missed them totally. The Crook County in Kansas have a lot in Kelman. I wonder if the folks in Crook County think think about their brothers and sisters in, in Kansas. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, not well, you and I tend to get off in the weeds in our conversations. You ought to hear our private phone calls, folks. Those are really, <laughs> those are really fun. But, you know, some of the folks that are always yapping about climate change and stuff. And yes, there's something to it, but the climate has been changing for millions of years on this rock. Yeah. So, you know, you, there's gotta be a happy medium in there, but a lot of people on that side will go, Oh, it's, it's Will's fault. It's him and all those cattle guys that are causing part of this. I don't buy that one iota, but wow. But that's what they, that's what they'll say about, you know, cattle. And it's like, but what happened when we used to have, you know, 12 million Buffalo roaming the range, you know, they pass gas too, just like cows. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I have a tough time with that, but yeah, you know, are, are ranchers and farmers uh, sensitive to that, that criticism? Yes. Yes. Terribly sensitive, especially here in the Northwest where we're, we're kind of, we're kind of the government's playground where, uh, you know, there's a lot of government land here, BLM, Bureau of Land Management, as well as U.S. Forest Service. And so we have to play within their rules if we're if we're neighbors or lease ground from them. Um, we are the, the the Department of Fish and Games playground with regards to the wolves and the grizzly bears now yep. and the sage grouse and all those things. We have all of those things to contend with. So take a tough market like this and, and, you know, high costs and aging ranchers and add the wolves and the grizzlies and everything else. Man, do you want to go to work every day if you're going to get beat up? You know, there's a lot of people that change jobs over less than that. So I think that's a big inhibitor to regrowth and, and all the things that make this all sound nice and cozy too, really. Do you think we'll eventually age out with the the ranchers and stuff? I mean, is there, I've noticed this, that there's a lot of ranchers, kids. Well, you and I went to the same college, you know, and, and there was a lot of kids there that when we were in school that came from the family ranch, whether it was East side, West side, Kansas, you know, whatever they were, they were there. Some of them went back home to, um, you know, take over the family business or work with dad or whatever. I'm not sure we hear that as much in 2023 as we did back in the, you know, 80s and 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the 80s and 90s, you know, it was all about getting the kid off the ranch in a way because in the 80s, you had 20% interest and everything we do is leveraged. 
So everything is borrowed money and you couldn't, you couldn't make it work at that kind of world. So they, that was when I was a kid, it was about going away. I was supposed to go be an engineer and play football. So it, it didn't work so good, but, it, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it, that's the, you know, and, and as I look around our small community, you know, the same guys, the same families live in the same houses that lived here when I was a kid too, you yeah. know, nothing's happened, nothing's moved, but I have come to the reality that if you have grass, you will have cows. If you have cows, it's hard to find grass. But if you have grass, you will have cows. There you go. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back on Barbecue Nation with Will Homer, the COO of Painted Hills Natural Beef, right after this. Hey, are you ready to fire up your grill and get ready to taste the difference this spring and summer? Hi, I'm JT, and I'm thrilled to announce our further collaboration with Painted Hills Natural Beef to bring you your best barbecue experience. As a special treat, Barbecue Nation listeners get a 15% off discount by just typing in the code Barbecue Nation when you check out. So all you got to do is go to the Painted Hills Natural Beef website, click on the store, place your order, and when it has discount or code at the bottom, type in BBQ Nation. Don't miss out on this really juicy deal from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. Leanne is on special assignment today. She was actually up in um, North Dakota. Oh, and uh, about gold. Yeah, talk, doing a barbecue thing with uh, Harry Sue and Heath Riles and some of those other folks. And I'm like, do you have a coat? <laughs> you know, because oh, I think goodness. last year, the year before, she went to Kansas City and did a similar thing, but she didn't have a I coat. She didn't oh have a coat, you know, so, but she's kind of a city girl in a way. Oh, yesterday so. I did a search for uh, snow coverage and I found the USGS uh, snow coverage map. Oh my God. She better have a coat. This is a crazy, it's <laughs> the craziest year ever. Well, <laughs> we had, we had snow. We didn't talk yesterday. We had snow here yesterday. Didn't yeah. stick. But it snowed, and then in the higher elevations around Portland and the West Hills and stuff, it got a little, just got the ground white and stuff. My God, it's the, you know, 5th yeah. or 6th of mm -hmm. April, and you're doing yeah. that. So yeah. uh, I can only imagine. When you got big snowfalls like that, and you were talking about drought, and I'll, we'll kind of end the drought discussion here, but, you know, California, huge snowpacks, this and that. But still, you guys live in a desert. Sort of yeah, our snow's pretty dry, and then the wind follows it. Last night I went home. I'm off topic now for sure, but last night I went home, and it was. Yeah, oh, my earbuds are bugging me. Are they okay? Uh, you okay? Yeah. So last night I went home, and it was so nice. The wind wasn't blowing in this ear and out that ear. I worked in the garden for like two hours. I went. I showed up for dinner an hour late because I, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the well, wind. Mm. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's kind of weird because uh, you know what's the old saying? March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb. It was still uh, a damn lion at yeah. at the end of March last week. It was still doing yeah. that. Okay, back to the 
the cattle business. I also read a thing this morning, Will, that said by, and you'd love this one, by. You all right. Yeah, my it, my earpieces are okay. Go ahead. Sorry, okay. but by uh, by twenty fifty seven, I won't be here. Uh, you may not be here either. May not. May not. But uh, we're supposed to run out of food. Oh, because the world population is supposed to get up to ten billion by that part by that time. Uh. I don't know if that was tied into uh, these uh, pseudo meat products they're trying to develop or what, but um, anyway, it's just, it's just kind of weird. I got to try something different. Okay. There we go. All right. So anyway, what I was saying was 2057, we're supposed to run out of food because we're going to have 10 billion people. Although that doesn't quite mesh because our population is actually declining, and so is China's. China's got the biggest one out there. Yeah. And I don't know about India and that part of the world, but uh, if they're you know, flatlining or going up or down, I don't know. But that, I think that's all tied into a marketing program myself, saying you got to eat our plant burgers. You know, that's, yeah. the way I, that's the way I looked at it, is the whole story was about if you will, lab-grown food and lab-grown pseudo-meats. Not the Mastodon meatball that you sent me a picture of. <laughs> but Because I wouldn't eat that one either. I'd let somebody else take the first bite and give them about 20 minutes and see if they still survived, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't buy that. I mean, we've seen so many the sky is falling reports over, <clears throat> you know, the last 40 years or so. I don't uh, I don't buy that, but I wanted to get a a rancher's take on that. No, no, it's that's all it's all done for <laughs> uh clicks. All that stuff's yeah. done for clicks, all that stuff's done for effect. Um can we change what we eat? I think we can. Um I just spent two weeks in Australia. A year ago I spent a week in, in Italy and a week in Spain. Now Australia was work. These other ones were goofing off, but I can tell you, we are the biggest creatures on earth and not just you and me, but yeah, <laughs> we eat, we have plenty of food in the United States. If we had to share a little, it'll go a long ways. The other thing is uh, a farmer in the United States gets paid not to farm. So as our friends in North Dakota have a four feet of snow on the flat right now, and they're headed into spring planting and they're not going to get it planted. They simply go into their government agency and say, I can't get it planted. I'm not going to plant it. What are you going to pay me to compensate me to keep me alive for next year? And there's a payment. Right. So if you took those things away, those producers would figure out how to use that land to produce something. Um, Australia, I've just spent two weeks in Australia. It's underutilized. There's, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I thought it was a wonderful place and wonderful people. And um, I think that you take any level of technology at all to other countries that we have not just plant quality and tractor technology, but just right. some, some water management and some things like that. We could really, we could turn this thing on in a heartbeat. Now here's, here's another struggle, right? We just talked about the, the struggle the producer has um, water. Yep. Right. So the government's figuring out that water is the key to control in the people. 
And though to use water here in Oregon, we're going to have to start putting meters on our wells so we can pay for the water coming out of the ground. All of that is contr our controls to control our food. Um, not to be a conspiracy nut about the whole no, thing. I'm no, no. just saying that if you turn some of those limitations loose, we can feed a hell of a lot more people. On the other side of that, I totally agree with you that the the population growth is just going to shrink like no other because we we're creating generations of people who won't create more people right in our country and that will breed that will move on and then scour the earth before we're done but anyhow we're yeah here boy talk about getting way out there no uh, i thought but that you know people. i've been i've been doing this stuff for a long time and way back uh in the 90s and i to me it seems like yesterday but it was 30 years ago now you know when i, I was doing different shows than barbecue nation <clears throat> but i actually had some you know environmental folks this and that and this and that and the two things that i i got in the biggest conflict with with a guy that was actually purported purportedly on our side if you will the rancher and farm yeah he was talking about the water and the riparian areas and all that. And I said, any rancher worth his salt or farmer worth his salt knows that they've got to take care of that water supply because without water, eventually you die. The whole, yes. the whole thing will die. Yep. And, and I said, my prediction was back there, and I'm not doing this to pat myself on the shoulder, but my prediction was they're going to say it's food production. There's not enough food production like that. And he said, oh, no, they'll always be that. I said, no, they won't. I said, because there's some smart folks out there and they will figure out that if you control the water, you control the food. If you do those two things, you control everything, really. I mean, because regardless of growing crops or feeding animals, man it, themselves cannot survive without water. It's just yeah. you can go with it. You and I could go without eating for Probably Air, better water food. Yep, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and and you do that, but you and I could go for a long time without eating. But yeah. you, you got to have the water though. So, yeah. um, the opposition research, if you will, has done their homework. They're not fooling around. And like you said, yeah. when you have to start putting meters on wells, um, I I could understand even for the for the farmers that uh, have to irrigate a lot row crops and things like that yeah i can understand putting meters on those pumps when they're pumping them out of a reservoir or a river a little bit just to get the numbers but when you're talking about your own your own farm and you're pumping it out of your own well that's a different deal right there that yes. was in i was in uh australia like i say i was in australia and i think it was in Oh, I think we were still in Queensland, Queensland at the time at the south end there. We were in a pecan farm and they got their water from a river. And the the movement has convinced the folks in Sydney that the river went dry due to the farmers, not the drought that they have. And they have terrible droughts, you know, there. So right. it's that it's that attack from the interest groups that's the part that's really difficult. That is difficult. Did you see the one of the places I stayed on one of the trips to Australia? <clears throat> when I pulled in the driveway out by the barn, they had this huge cistern. 
they all have them. They all have them. And they actually, the water truck comes by their house once a week, once a month or whatever it is. And they fill up that cistern. So they're buying their water. Oh, these guys all said that rain was filling the water tanks. Cause I asked if there was a service and they said, no, we get with the rain. And cause, cause they all told me about how dry and tough it was. Cause it just happened to rain before I went. So it was beautiful green. Yeah. And I, and I didn't want to call BS on them, but it was beautiful. And, and uh, that, but they said, no, rainwater will fill that and that'll manage it. But they do pump out of the ground to water the yard. So they didn't have it as tough as, at least from what I saw, but it was, it was pretty good. So Well, Australia yeah. is a tough com- uh, country. That's I mean, what they say. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, when we think about desert, we think of sections of Oregon or Washington or whatever and this and that and Idaho. Their whole country is that way, basically. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's very dry. Um, no wonder they yeah, have such we, nasty snakes and stuff down there. We made it out into what they called the bush, and they right. still had 30 inches of rain, more than double what I have here. So I... <laughs> Oh my God. That's great. Oh goodness. Yes. Um, we're gonna take another break and we're gonna be back with Will Homer from Painted Hills Natural Beef. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that when we come right back. So stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Leanne's on special assignment, probably finding some foot warmers by this time. <laughs> you know, um, Painted Hills. I've worked. If you listen to the show at all, you know I've worked with Painted Hills for a long time, and they uh, have tuned up their online store. So they got a special deal for you guys. All you got to do is go to their website, click on their store, drop down. You can place your order. And then in the bottom left-hand corner, there'll be a little thing that says uh, code or uh, coupon. You just type in BBQ Nation like that. You get 15% off, and uh, that will come straight to your door. So I recommend you do that. Also, uh, pig powder. And Will's going to order some pig powder here. Trim Tab, who happens to be Leanne's father, um, Invented this stuff years ago, and it won the best rub on the planet award. It's won all kinds of stuff, and Leanne uses it when she's doing her TV shows and stuff. And it's pretty easy to get. It's really good. I've bought in several bottles. She won't give them to me for free, but uh, you go, you just go to pigpowder.com and place your order there. And if you ask her real nice, she'll autograph something for you. So go to pigpowder.com. Get your pig powder today. So we're talking with uh, Will Homer, a COO of Painted Hills Natural Beef. The supply chain stuff, Will, we heard about that for, what, three years now. Supply chain, supply chain. There was a problem. It's a supply chain problem. Has that got any better in the beef business? Because people don't understand, you know, they go to the store and all of a sudden there's only three packets of hamburger in there. And they were there the day before and the case was full. 
And so, yeah, that was that was Packer. That was employee relations with regards to COVID. This COVID scare. The COVID scare sent everybody home. And in the packing house, in the in the slaughter harvest, they do work closely together with a lot of people that are family, right? I mean, right. they're working shoulder to shoulder. And so they managed what they they accomplished what they wanted. They scared them all, sent them home. That's all done. We are harvesting more cattle than ever. Been a whole year's, two years worth, great big record numbers. Um, kind of the the problem I'm having with it all and the fact that cattle are high and box beef is down. Box beef has been um I think it's been relatively cheap compared to what retail pricing has shown you. Yes. Um, not that they don't have their own costs of labor and, and costs of getting product in the door. And all my freight guys have gone up and all my storage guys have gone up. Everybody's kind of got a piece of that market right now. And, and now is time that I need the box beef price to go up to, to hold this thing together. So it's, it's going to get the, 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 the supply chain itself is okay. The number of cattle to put in the industry that put in the system is on the shrink. Um, it, 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 and so that will cause, I don't think it's going to cause any shortages in your meat case. I'll tell you what's going to happen is the price of beef is going to go up on the wholesale side to the, to the, to the store and the store is going to shrink the meat case. And he's going to shrink down the beef and provide you more chicken and pork because chicken and pork are cheap. And there's lots and lots and lots of those. So uh, that's what's going to happen. We're already seeing that, yeah. um, you know, in the urban suburban areas where you used to go to a meat case just a couple of years ago, sans the COVID thing. Uh and you would have, if that meat case was 25 feet long, you saw 10 foot of it was beef product, okay? And then you had a pork section, and then you had a chicken section, or and then you had some specialty stuff, you know, like that. Now, and I'm, I'm just telling you this from my local retailer here, who shall remain nameless, Safeway, um, you, uh, that beef section is now like eight feet, okay? Uh, and then you go into pork and the pork section has, has grown exponentially in that there's all kinds of cuts in there. There's, you know, there's family yeah, packs, there's, you know, more ribs, you, there's all, all kinds of stuff. You also notice that all the product that come, that's in beef has to be worked in the back. There has to be a butcher's hand in it. Right. And, and half of the pork product comes in a pre-packaged with a green prairie fresh or something on it. That's, it's packaged at the packer right and all they got to do is lay it in the counter it's labor yep. related yeah yeah and you see that a lot in fact locally they've even taken the chicken out of the main case and they put it in freestanding uh freezer units or cooling units yep. you know right across the aisle from it and they're full of you know chicken turkey whatever and then the family pack cuts on the ends of both like yeah. that so labor it, it's labor related and it's gradual it's this is all this gradual kind of uh you know get it while they're not looking type deal <laughs> and i'm not a well, i'm not a conspiracy guy either but it that's just business on their end it's just business they don't have the labor yeah 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 
So put on your hat. That I ask you to do this every show. Put on your uh, prognostication hat. And where are we going to be a year and a half from now? Well, I tell you, I tell you, Jeff, I have to interrupt you just a little bit because I do have to use your platform as we're as we're going forward. I do have to make sure we talk about the remind folks that Painted Hills Natural Beef is about doing something different and making beef without hormones and without antibiotics means that it's going to eat better. You know, I want to create a new um, I want to create a new uh, uh, byline, actually, that says it's the best. Just try it. (laughs) So I'd be down with that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that I mean, there that's the part where we're standing right now that we have to remind our, you know, I think our customer, the consumer goes in the door looking for our product. They know every day they remember, but it's the meat manager, the the new guy behind the counter they had to hire because the last guy just retired and remind them that they have Painted Hills Natural Beef in the counter because it is better and it is different and the consumer is actually looking for it. So don't forget to put it in the case. But but ahead, uh, another year from now, we think that um, that is, uh, it's impossible to understand. I just, I don't even know, but what the problem will be, will be starting in two months, the next uh, calf trade will start. And so producers will sell their calves. They're already slobbering because they think they're going to get uh, another 30% more money the guy buying the calf to put in the feed yard is already kind of preparing because he's afraid he's going to have to pay a fortune for him. And then we're going to feed him $6 corn because we don't think corn will ever go back right. to three bucks like it used to be. That's just, again, that's goes right back to that, uh, you know, the, the cost of trucking and the cost of freight and the cost of storage and the cost of fuel and the cost of blah, 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 blah. They all beat you to the commodity. The commodity is the one that's that's uncontrollable and all the rest of the costs are fixed. So we thank you for listening this week. Remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Um, and Will's new motto, taste it, it's the best. So, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. So for everybody here at Barbecue Nation, we thank you and take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.